served with moolah. You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Creature hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's bad with money with Gabby Dunn. Oh, hello there. Remember me, Gabby Dunn? Of course you do. You never forget your first person who forced you to confront the reality that the American financial system is stacked against all of us. But don't worry, I'm still working on fixing that. And there is a lot of work to do, which is why I've been talking to some brilliant people who are finding smart ways to subvert the system. And guess what? You're going to get to meet them in season three of Bad With Money. That's right, Deadbeats, we got a season three. We are back in action and ready to once again chip away at the patriarchy. The first episode of season three will be out next Wednesday, April 11th. So make sure your favorite pod catcher, which is a real word, is ready to catch this pod. Yeah. Anyway, in the meantime, I have this bonus episode for you. Back in December, I did a live interview at PodCon with Dylan Marone. He's the host of the podcast Conversations with People Who Hate Me and the voice of Carlos on Welcome to Night Vale. Dylan is an actor, writer, and an incredible video maker. Seriously, you guys, check out his unboxing series. It is not what you expect. He's also just a beautiful genius, a total sweetheart, just a lovely, lovely person that you should know all about. In this interview, we'll learn about what it was like for him to grow up with a dad who works in finance, lucky, and even talk a little bit about weddings. And guess what? That's not the only amazing Bad With Money news. Bad With Money is a book. That's right. I wrote a book. It's coming out from Simon & Schuster at the end of the year. It's called Bad With Money. I will have the link for you as soon as possible, but it is just a really more in-depth offshoot of the podcast. I think you guys are going to love it and just please support it. And I think it'll be a really cool thing for you guys if you're interested in this topic or if you have friends who are flailing about about money, which I'm certain everyone does, or you are that friend or you're that friend and you have those friends. I'll have the link for you as soon as I can, but I'm really proud of it and really excited. So keep an eye out for the Bad With Money book. All right, on with the show. And don't forget, next week, season three of Bad With Money is coming to your ear holes. (laughs) Testing, which one is me? I'll say this one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very uplifting show. Uh, about financial problems. Uh, I'm Gabby Dunn. For those of you that don't know the show, um, it is uh, a financial podcast called Bad With Money. Uh, I am very not good at money stuff. And so um, I think like season one of the show was mostly what I call finances and feelings, which was like interviewing people to try to erase the stigma of Um, being bad with money and like figuring out how do your friends make money and like what is their their job and sort of like when I came out to LA realizing that um like oh people's parents are helping (laughs) like I had no I'd be like how do they live in this condo um and so and like you know destigmatizing that and like just sharing with people your financial background Um, And then season two, uh, I fully lost my mind and became like a socialist and like was trying to like throw bricks through, not really, but like was like, and Bank of America. Uh, And I just like went sort of, as I learned more, went just full conspiracy theorist. Um, (laughs) uh, And so those episodes are uh, darker. Um, 
and so then we did a, a wonderful live show from Auto Straddle Camp, which is uh, a camp for queer women and people. And uh, we did a thing, a, a, an episode with the founders of that um, camp and website, which was about like queer business and how do you like get advertisers and how do you uh, keep an independent business, especially like a marginalized one run, run by marginalized people, uh, going. And um, so this is more of like a throwback to the the finances and feelings in, in a live show. Uh, so you'll learn nothing. Primarily, you learn nothing. I mean. Here's the thing. I don't know anything. And it's been a real journey of like people being like, oh, you're a financial expert, so you should write or like give advice or write something. But the truth is like no, no experts really know anything. <laughs> like they're all just really good at like wearing light up sombreros and yelling at their callers. Uh, so I think like all you can really do is talk about it. So, um, and this is a person, the guest today is a person who is very uh, open about a lot of stuff and like has a show uh, called Conversations with People Who Hate Me, which is uh, an amazing sort of like vulnerable and also like just um, stigma, like getting in front of something that maybe is like embarrassing because uh, he talks to uh, trolls and people who hate him. Uh, and he is also the voice of Carlos on Welcome to Night Vale. I don't know if you guys have heard, it's a small show. Um, no one's heard of it. Uh, so uh, yeah, um, so please uh, welcome our guest. Oh, he's over there, okay. Uh, please welcome our guest, uh, Dylan Marone. Welcome. Talking to the mic. Hi. Have you ever done this before? I've never talked into a mic before. <laughs> I'm just going to do this all. Are you so nervous? I'm so nervous. Yeah. This is, I actually, that was a joke, right? What? Uh, about being nervous because I am. Because Why? talking about money is uh, very stressful for me. I can't believe you said yes. A lot of people yeah. turn me down or they go, my partner would kill me. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe that is true. <laughs> and I still said yes. I know. Um, I think I just automatically said yes because uh, I like you. And that was the only, nice. the only impetus. And now I'm beginning to wonder if I should have not <laughs> immediately oh, yeah, said yes. Before we walked in, I was like, I'm a journalist. So uh, this is not going to be <laughs> just is, like a fun friend chat like you great. had on your other shows. No. Um, so, yeah. So a lot of the uh, a lot of this stuff uh, in, uh, when I interview people is like we go back way mm -hmm. back to the beginning of way stuff. Let's so um, what do your parents do? Uh, my mom is a psychologist, mm -hmm. and my dad is retired from working in finance. Oh, okay. oh mm -hmm. wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, did that help you at all? No. <laughs> um, so I, th that's funny. You When you just said wow, yeah. it, I was like, why is she saying wow? Oh, right. This is a show about money, and my dad was in finance. And I... Just like my eyes would glaze over every time he would talk about money. He was trying to talk to you about it, though? No, but he was talking to me about, like, macro systems, you know? Does uh -huh. anyone understand macro systems? I'm seeing a beautiful... Okay, we two hands are raised. I, three. But I'm, three, and I'm... Four. And then I'm... But uh, you were just beautifully like, no, I don't. <laughs> And my queen, I'm with you. Um, I'll ride for you. Um, but I, yeah, he would talk about like how his 
job works. Mm -hmm. Like I understand how my mom's job works, right? Like she talks to people about things they're feeling. I'm right, like, yeah. Got it. Got you know? it. Um, I'm a very emotional, sensitive person. I was like, mm, yes. Um, but my <laughs> That might have influenced <laughs> exactly. you, maybe. My dad was like talking about the Dow, talking about NASDAQ. I was like, what the fuck, girl? Like out. Yeah, no. I under the macro system, as I understand it, is bad. Yeah. That's what I've learned. Yeah. No bueno. Uh, and I'm just saying yes because you are. That's what, <laughs> how much of a lemming I am with this stuff. I'm like, uh-huh, boo. <laughs> Down. Capitalism. Yeah. I, I, like, by the end of season two, fully became Charlie trying to solve Pepe Silvia. And in mm. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't know if you guys know that reference where he's, like, trying to put together the HR mailroom stuff. And he's just got strings up everywhere and is like, there is no Pepe Silvia. That's me. <laughs> yeah. So, wait. So, your dad was in finance and, and he never thought to be like, here's some stuff. No, he did. Oh, you didn't Very care. frequently, and he really took the time to, like, really make it simple for me to understand. And you were like, no. And I, I, my eyes would glaze over. <laughs> um, but it was, it was very different, like, talking about money in terms of, like, our financial situation. Because my parents really... My parents were so open and so incredible with me about so many things. Like, mm -hmm. they gently always, like offered that conversations, open, honest conversations about sex and sexuality way before I was ready to come out mm -hmm. were, like, totally cool. Just leaving pamphlets? Yeah, pamphlets. So your like, son is gay. Yeah. I'm and I'm like, no! I'm straight! Um, and uh, being exactly who I am today, there was just no change. So they were just, like, looking at their clock. Um, but, yeah, so, but we, it's not that they, like, didn't talk about it. It's just like, whenever I asked about money, they were like, uh, this, we're, we're good, we're okay, mm -hmm. and it, it's not something you need to be concerned about. Oh, that's a big one, yeah. yeah. Did Is someone parents, just say, ooh? Yeah. Wow. Parents always are trying to, like, yeah, oh, it's not, it's not your place to ask, or it's not. But it wasn't not your place. It was like, don't they worry. were doing it kindly, mm -hmm. of like, we don't want you to feel that you have to worry about this, which... I'm a very anxious person, so that means I just did worry about it. Right. And the first time money came up, uh, I remember was when um, I went. I started private school in uh, seventh grade, mm -hmm. and I remember my mom saying something like, "Okay, so we're gonna have to like be really, really conscious about like." taking cabs places and going out to dinner and I was like wait you just told me we were comfortable mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. like what what is this oh yeah you grew up in New York in New I York City I grew up in New York City yeah where in Midtown on the east side what um yeah not to brag <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, but it's, um, I, I say that because I, Midtown on the east side is like um, devoid of culture. Yeah. It's like a black What are you hole. talking about? There's like tons of bros and bro chicks That's exactly out. what it is. Turtle so, Bay. Um, and then if we want to so talk about bar. finances, that's exactly yeah. where, really? where I Really? By Turtle Bay? Turtle Bay. Oof. Um, which is a neighborhood, yeah, but it's a neighborhood that nobody knows. Like mm -hmm. they, there's nothing that... There that's like, oh, 
there's that homey bar there that I love. No, it's no. just like Banks and Dwayne Reeds and then the home I grew up in. Um, but uh, appropriate to finances, uh, the reason my parents moved there is they moved from Venezuela when I was five, and that was a rent-stabilized building. And I don't know if you guys oh. know about rent stabilization, but it is a law that many people are very eagerly trying to overturn in New York, uh, which rent stabilization is essentially that you get to be locked into a price. So my mom is still paying the same rent rates that she was paying in 1994. (laughs) And that is the only way that that is affordable, right? Yeah. So, So living in the city, like... Um, my mom, who has a stable career, like she could never afford to buy the home that she has yeah. now in New York City. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, a lot of times you'll see like older people in the East Village or West Village. You'll yeah. be like, how did you, how? Yeah. And then they'll just be like, oh, I've been here since 1975. Yeah. I heard someone, this is an overheard conversation on a bus in New York City. There was a woman who was saying that she knew someone in the East Village that paid $81 a month for a two-bedroom. And I was they like... They got in in 47. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 47 yeah. Uh, AD. Yeah. <laughs> they just like were like, I know that one day this patch of grass will be known as Manhattan. <laughs> Uh, and a lot of drunk white people will traipse around. Yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, I used to walk around, I lived in New York, I used to walk around Chelsea and be like, how do people live here? Yeah. And then I'd be like, oh my God, two male incomes and no children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> that's, that's it. What a dream. It's a gay neighborhood. Uh, there's, there's this weird article that gives me um, a lot of pause right now. I've never used that phrase, gives me pause, but it feels fancy to use yeah. it, you know? Do you guys feel like I'm fancier now that I said that? Okay, cool. Um, but I, there's, um, there's this article floating around that's like, uh, just now, gay men make more than straight men. And I've seen friends of mine wow. sharing it like, yeah, we got you. You know, and it's like, <laughs> huh. Finally. For many of us, we are still... Um, uh, we still have access to the same systems of power that straight right, men like, have, so that's weird. You know, yeah. it's like white people being like, "See, we're paid more," and it's like, <laughs> "Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> work to end that." <laughs> yeah, like gay men are just now being like, oh, "Patriarchy is going to work for yeah. us, you guys." Yeah. <laughs> we could have been monetizing this the whole time. No, that's that's like a true true thing mm-hmm. in the gay community. Uh, there's th- this James Baldwin quote that I'm going to paraphrase, but it's that. There's this notion among certain white gay men that there's like just that one thing that's mm-hmm. keeping us from total power and we are gonna crush. <laughs> and you're like, that terrifies me just as much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's scary. Neither of us benefit from that in mm-hmm. any way. No, 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 that's not for us. We gotta get a house in Chelsea together. Yeah, we, we're gonna get, um, I'll uh, tell my husband that we're gonna add you to the marriage. <laughs> and God, what a dream. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so glad I asked you to be on this You're, show just yeah. for that. We're yeah. done here, guys. No, we're done. You guys can leave. We got to go get married, and I'll tell my husband what's happening. That's also that's gay marriage in a different way. Yeah. Well, that's what Republican lawmakers were so worried about. They were like, "What's next?" And you can, you know, marry a chair. And you're like, "Listen, babe, never been turned on by a chair, but I'm holding out hope that I will yeah. be one day." Open-minded. Yeah, you know? open-minded. So now we're gonna add you because. Oh my God. Yeah. Well. Yeah. This has been worth it. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, so uh, where, do, where do you and your husband live now? Um, so we live, I live in... A specific address, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. For all the people who follow me on the internet, right, exactly. <laughs> who sometimes send me threats, um, <laughs> I live at. Um, so I live in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. um, and I see my husband on weekends because he goes to law school in Boston. Oh, no. Yeah. No, it's... <laughs> and, or is it just an ideal situation? No, it's... Um, well, it's, it's... It's... You know, clearly I wish we were living together, mm-hmm. but um, he got into an amazing school in New York and an amazing school in Boston, and I really encouraged him to go north because um, he would just be afforded opportunities that um, he couldn't have been afforded otherwise. Oh. And so I was like, we're, we're going to make this work for the next three years. And, yeah, it's very sweet, right? Clap Our, for me. Clap yeah, for me. Right. More. Thank so you. So brave. I'm a giver. So brave. Yeah. So brave. <laughs> um, where did you go to school? Um, all my schooling. Just elementary school okay. onward. All right. No, no. Um, like, where did you go to school for college? I in went New York? to Wesleyan University in oh, okay. Connecticut. Yeah. Yes? Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, no. And nobody remembers Wesleyan. They think it's Wellesley, and you're like, no, it's a different school. But it's okay. We went there, and um, I liked it. Seems fake, yeah. but... Um... <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. Were you... Um, do you consider yourself good or bad with money in any particular way? I think I'm good at being incredibly frugal. Oh, yeah? Um, How? Yeah, I just, like... I knew that I needed... Well, I needed to be financially independent to move out of my mom's apartment Mm -hmm. because I lived there for the year after college because New York is unaffordable. Yeah. Um, And uh, I I just got in this habit of being, like, so, so careful with ever spending money, right? Like, never taking cabs, even if if it's 2 a.m. and you know Mm -hmm. you're going to be waiting, like, 35 to 45 minutes for a train to come, which is only your first train of three. Right. (laughs) Um, I would, my parents would always be like, if it's so late, please take a cab. And I'd be like, oh, of course, no. Yeah. Total lie. Yeah. Um, And then, so, yeah, kind, kind of watching my money that way. Um, but I don't think I'm good at all with money in terms of like only in recent years have I been able to do, uh, writing, performing full time. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But it's like, it takes, um, what no one tells you is you have to be good with money to be good at that. And I, there are things I don't do. Like I don't do estimated tax payments, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, I can't even describe to you what they are. It's like you pay quarterly, right? Yeah, that's what I do, and I fully am trusting this accountant, and who knows? Yeah. He could, but see, that's the thing. I, I would, could be being made off right yeah. now. Yeah. I have no... Yeah, you have no money. You no, have negative I have money. no knowledge of it. Yeah. I just show up with an accordion folder full of papers, and I'm yeah. like, for you? That's, that, that's, that's what I'm I I'm a baby. Want. You help me. <laughs> I'm a baby. Yeah, that's what I want to keep doing. Um, but that's where I feel bad with money. Because yeah. I will just be like... I will skip so many cabs. I will skip so many, like, second rounds of drinks. Yeah. 
Um, but then when it comes time for paying my taxes, which like I just mentioned, I just pay all in a huge lump sum that is like staggering. Yeah. Um, I am like, I will pay anyone a thousand dollars to make sure that this is make not it go something. away. Yeah. Make it go away. <laughs> Keep me out of jail, please. Keep me out of jail. Um, and that like tax season just always gives me panic attacks. Yeah. Well, nobody loves taxes. Does and anyone love taxes? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. okay. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is that like roads and like infrastructure mm-hmm. and like firefighters. <laughs> so you're like, so you're like amazing. I had like a horrible, maybe I've told this on the podcast before where I like had made no money for up to like 28 years and then uh, made like some money and my comedy partner is like very good with money. And I was like, oh my God, taxes are out of control. And she was like, wow, it's been one day and you're a Republican. <laughs> yeah. You've had money for one day. And I was like, we got to do something about this. I feel the same way. I also feel like, oh, this is a much bigger topic. You continue. You're hosting this show. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. I was, it just, it, 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 um, sparked something in me. About taxes? Yeah. Well, well, it's more just like, cause you were talking about, uh, not making money for 28 years Mm -hmm. and then finally making money. I had the same thing when I first got, paid for doing creative work I was just like incredibly like bowing down with like (laughs) graciousness I was just like thank you so much for this opportunity I was being paid $125 a week to do what I what I think was like 20 hours of work and I was like thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you like I'm gonna save this money this buys a metro card (laughs) and so it's this weird psychology that I still have that, like, if anyone is ever going to pay me to do something I love to do, I'm like, oh, it's fine. Whatever. Whatever works for you. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I used to, like, be like, I'll, I'll pay you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Please just allow me to do this. Yeah. You're going to pay me yeah, also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nuts. But also it was, like, a very bad situation because I used to work technically freelancers yeah. if you're, like, a, an artist of any kind. And I used to freelance um write articles and then it would take like big publications full calendar years to cut me like a 500 dollars check yeah and then when they finally did i would like i would email them to remind them and then i would be like i am so sorry to bother you (laughs) um if i don't get this i will be kicked out of my house but again like (laughs) i am so sorry yeah if you could just i don't know shoot it to me in like a couple months that would be great (laughs) Like yeah. really like, yeah. cause you, I don't think you're, you're like, um, taught to value mm-hmm. art, doing art. No. Like so many places will be like, draw this for free. Mm-hmm. Please come and act in this thing for free. Yeah. And yet at the same time, like I, I deal with this with, um, you know, kind of doing a lot of interview series. That's like mm-hmm. with my podcast and, and with a lot of video series I do. There are some people who always ask if an interview series is paid. Yeah. And it's it's a very, very complicated answer um, because, one, that's not a precedent you want to set up mm-hmm. um, because being interviewed for journalistic reasons, but also there are incredibly uh, harmful ethical connotations. Right, because they might feel yeah. obligated to be more positive because yeah, exactly. you're paying them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, journalism, you're not supposed to pay sources at all. I went to journalism school, you guys. It was, uh, my major was called print journalism. I graduated in 2010, and by the end, they were like, "Mm, we'll call this multimedia journalism, and they have a class called Twitter, question mark? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, not a a major anymore. Yeah, it's... it's Majored in the Titanic, just, whoo! 
<laughs> sink and chip. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like... When did you feel like you got like really good at kind of navigating online then? If you, if it's, a, it's an auspicious beginning. Live journal at yeah. 14? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, have, you used to have to get a code. That's how old I am, you guys. Your friend had to, you don't even laugh because you don't even know what I'm talking about. A friend had to give you a code to get a live journal. <laughs> it was the dark ages. Yeah. We're uh, getting many blank faces. I, they're too young to remember. Yeah. Oh. Or, uh, or they've like, it's a traumatic experience. Right, yeah. <laughs> their... Podcast used to be radio. Yeah. Wow. Stop. Uh, <laughs> um, and, then, uh, and then like I was always doing internet stuff, which is a nightmare now because if you look back on anything I wrote, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, God, yeah. please no one ever look at it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so like, um, I, but I didn't realize, like I wrote for free for a lot of publications Mm -hmm. and then there were places that would be like, if you'd get really good clicks, then we'll give you $50, (laughs) but it's tough because a lot of these places are also startups. Like Mm -hmm. if you're backed by venture capital and you're not paying people, that's garbage. But if you're, but then I feel bad because it's like a tiny publication and I don't want to be like. Give me money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's also because, I mean, did, were you majoring in acting? Were you trying to, like, be a pr- yeah. an artist in some way? I was majoring in... So, you know, the frustrating thing is if you want to do anything remotely creative when you're in high school, they're like theater, you know? Yeah. So, and usually it's musical theater. I felt so lucky that I had an option of not doing musical theater, but doing theater, you know? And you're like, oh, I'll take what I can get. Breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs. Um, (laughs) And then I, when I went to college, I started I just, sorry, I just imagined your mom leaving a pamphlet like, your son is doing musical theater, (laughs) trying to get you to come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And the end of that was actually like, turn to page five, and it's like, you're gay. And you're like, no! Um, um, but, but yeah, so then, so you went to school for theater? I, I went to college, yeah. I ended up majoring in theater, and to be honest, um, I kind of regretted it um, because I felt like the, uh, the real space where I was doing the most learning and growing was in a sketch comedy group I was in. Because oh. that's where I learned how to write. Um, you know, extracurriculars were the big yeah. thing. Like, and I went to Emerson for journalism, and I learned everything at the, shout out, Berkeley Beacon, mm-hmm. which is uh, the newspaper at Emerson, and also sort of a fraternity in the way we <laughs> behaved and acted. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, you, okay, so you were, oh, no, you did more. I, I just, I, that's what I threw myself into mm-hmm. in college. And I actually remember feeling um, this incredible guilt to bring it back to money. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I was like, a huge, huge, huge part of me did not want to go to college. Um, Do you have loans? I don't have loans. Oh, did you in the beginning? I didn't. What? Yeah, I was very, my parents had been consciously saving since I was born. That's great. Um, And that is a huge position of privilege and Mm -hmm. also very scary to say out loud because I also carry a great amount of guilt about that. Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't soothe me for that. That's not guilt that is your concern. I just want to be open with you about that feeling that I have about it. Um, But I... Um, yeah, so, so they were... So you were like, maybe this is a waste of money for me to go? Yeah, because I knew how hard my parents were working. I knew what they put aside in their lives to make that a possibility for me. Um, in terms, do you feel, uh, sometimes, uh, this is not directly related. My, my dad's 
family is from France and they came here. My grandmother was in the Holocaust and she like, so I feel an immense, I was like, wow, she came over here from World War II for me to be on Instagram. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, I think there's a thanks, lot of maybe, like, generational generational guilt in yeah, that way. Or even like Im- immigrant like immigrant guilt. Yeah. Like, oh, they came here yeah. to do this and I'm doing just theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my parents were always very supportive of theater but and, and sketch. Uh, they would always come to shows. They they loved hearing about like what I was learning, but they also were like very much like you have to be very realistic mm-hmm. about what you can do with this. And when I told them that I wanted to major in theater, they were like, please, 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 like have a little more career focus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or get like a, a education minor. Yeah, or- yeah. And so I did. I, I double majored in sociology, which I was so grateful for it. I ended up wishing that I only had majored in sociology. Oh, interesting. Um, but um, what I was going to say about similarly with my parents is, is that, you know, they were saddled with student loans that they were still paying off when mm-hmm. I was born, you know, and they had me later in life. They had me at 37 and 38. So like they were, that's a, you know, it's a long time to, to be still be paying, paying loans. Off loans yeah. My mom was, too. Yeah. And still is paying mm-hmm. them off. Yeah, it's it's hard. Um, so that you know, they consciously worked to make sure that that wasn't something that I had to face. Uh, and I feel incredibly grateful and guilty about that because I I wanted to not go to college so that I could um, really just start waiting tables um, and move, auditioning and, and yeah. auditioning. Because if you if you have like a. a thing that you already know what you want to do sometimes it's hard like I think about like I knew I wanted to be a journalist like could I have just gotten a job at a paper I think journalism is a little different do you know I mean I have friends that are journalists that didn't that didn't go go to to college college. yeah and they like are just or authors and they're just like completely fine yeah I mean that's Great to hear. I but I also don't want to like sit here encouraging people to not go to school. It's really weird because I'm writing a, a book version of Bad with Money, and I interviewed a bunch of high school kids, and they're all so like woke and hip to shit. Like yeah. they're just like they're just like I don't want to go to like they're it's like this new Gen Z or whatever is mm-hmm. sort of trying to almost like they they're on to they're on to the scam. Yeah. Like they're on to like the student loan scam because they've seen us or they've seen at least that they they will go to college but they'll go somewhere where they have like a huge scholarship like I'm from Florida mm-hmm. and they have Florida prepaid and bright futures and I was like not for me. <laughs> no thank you. Um which I should have just gone to University of Florida. And yeah. then also like uh there's uh they they also like community college is mm. huge. Yeah. Jill Biden, you know all that Jill Biden. Jill Biden, stuff. Jill she loves Biden it. Jill, girl. She does a bunch of interviews about uh, community college and how it's like completely free and also like mostly and also like a way better option mm-hmm. for some people. Yeah, I, I think it's hard because I really loved the like campus vibe mm-hmm. of college. Also, college was the first time that I started like liking myself mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was out. Uh, I had finally read the pamphlet my parents were giving me. <laughs> I was so like, you know what? To college. <laughs> so you're going to Pay college. Time. You're, you're gay. gay. <laughs> um, but I. I wish that's how it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you turn 18. Here's my dystopian Hunger Games. Yeah. When you turn 18, you open a pamphlet like a Harry Potter letter, and it just says, "Congrats, you're bisexual." Yeah. <laughs> and you go, "Woo!" 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Good to know. Figured out. And then everyone in your life got that pamphlet. And it's like, you're gay and you will be okay with it. Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I... I loved college, but I loved college for, like, the social aspect, Mm -hmm. which, again, like, compounds on the guilt that I feel that I'm like, oh, God, like, they worked hard so I could have a good Saturday night, you know? That's embarrassing. There's, I talked to this woman um, who's an academic, who's, like, a, a consultant for admissions, and she was really worried about colleges being so into, like, we have a sushi bar and a lazy river, and, like, mm. amenit- she called it the amenities race. Hmm. Like, she was like, every school is just, like, in it, if, if you go and it's like, I'm going to focus on my academics or whatever, mm-hmm. or, my, or my sketch comedy troupe, mm-hmm. which I was also in a sketch comedy troupe, just mm. saying. Um, so if you, if you, like, do that, and you, like, have a purpose, like, for going then, it, or, like, something you want to learn, then mm. it makes sense. But if you're just like, I have to go here because they have a, a Harry Potter course. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned Harry Potter a lot. Yeah. And I see it's that. I see that. Yeah. Um, then it's like, you know, Emerson has Quidditch. Mm. Like, like, like real Quidditch? Well, you don't fly, but. Right. What if, what if that's what you paid for college? It's like, <laughs> well, this elite institution allows you to fly, babe. You know? <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's kind of worth it. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, do you think you could have, like, gotten to, like, to where you are? I mean, I don't, do you think you could have gone to where, I don't know how you would know if you could have gone to where you That's are That's an incredibly hard question that I, I ask myself every time, and it's very um, hard to process when I'm on my own thinking about it, and so now I'm in front of probably a few hundred people, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'll process it in front of you. Um, yeah, I, there is no way to tell. Um, but, and, and I'm proud to say that this is true, but after every big career achievement, I thank my parents Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because, um, I know that it would not have been possible if they didn't encourage me to go after something that I loved doing. Mm -hmm. And that's a really big thing for them because, they were doing that not saying that we're going to be paying your rent while you do it, but they were like, you should, you're good at this. Mm -hmm. Like, go for it, and you will figure it out. But they also worked their ass off, asses off. My parents don't share one ass. (laughs) (laughs) When you get married, you share a butt. Yeah, you share a butt. That's straight marriage. We're building... crazy world it's almost like you're on a show that does that yeah yeah you yeah, know it's it's nuts um but um i yeah i just thank them so often because like anytime i was able to uh write something uh create something mm-hmm. i am just like every step of the way you have paved this path for me um not by you know just giving me money so that I could, like, live and explore, um, but really just by making it comfortable for me to get to that end point mm-hmm. where you stopped supporting me and, and then continuing mm-hmm. on my own. Um, I want to jump ahead. Jump. Uh, so when did you get married? Got married two years ago. And Almost exactly two years ago. You're just like, I forgot our anniversary. Fuck, 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 Todd. <laughs> Flowers.com. Flowers, oh I gotta go. You're not sponsoring me. Bleep that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so uh, were you, did you guys, like, talk about 
how are we going to pay for this wedding? What are we going to do? Because it's non-traditional. Like, now there's all this stuff of, yeah. like, you know, it's not like the bride's family pays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bride, right, right, right. What do you do? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, we're, we're so steeped with, like, such patriarchal notions in marriage that it's like the father walks her down the aisle and right. onto her next owner, you know? And it's like, that's fucked up. <laughs> um, and, um, and, and so the gay thing uh, throws a wrench in that. I know. Um, because you're like, well, who owns a man? And it's like, that's, um, it's fucked up. We must wrestle with that. Um, but I feel, uh, so we, I, I didn't, neither of us wanted to ask our families to be like, how do you feel about spending a cool 50 grand (laughs) on a single day? So we had like, uh, the cheapest wedding I know of it. It was just a step up from a city hall wedding. That's that's probably a what little What did cheaper. you do? So we just... Um, city hall's 90 bucks. I've looked into it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so mine was a little more expensive than that, but we, um, we had a friend of ours rented a party space to throw us a party. Mm-hmm. Um, we invited like 100 plus of all of our friends. Uh, it was BYOB, BYO Snacks. Um, so nice. we literally paid no money. BYOB, that's so bold. And But it was great because people brought bottles of wine. And if yeah. everyone is bringing a bottle of wine, you have a fuck ton of alcohol, <laughs> you know? And if then, like, a quarter of the people are bringing, like, wheels of cheese. And we asked for no gifts. So the only gifts was that bottle of wine and that's that smart. wheel of cheese or that sleeve of crackers that they found in the back of their cabinet. <laughs> And it was amazing. We didn't have a DJ, but we got a speaker system. So we just plugged my iPod in mm-hmm. and went with it. Um, two years ago, an iPod. Two, an iPod. Um, iPhone, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I call it an iPod. Um, and then um, a week later, we flew to Portland, Oregon, where one of his sisters lives. And my parents flew out with me. All of his family, his immediate family was there. And my immediate family, which is just me and my parents, we were there. Um, we were married by my best friend from college. Aww. And uh, I think all in all, he and I did not spend over $1,000, yeah. including tickets and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Because that's... You clapping for that makes this feel like a daytime talk show. <laughs> <laughs> that is... Welcome Let's to just my sit with that. Yeah. Show. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, back yeah. with gays who don't spend on their weddings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Phil Donahue. We just take questions from the audience. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, th- so that's interesting because I, I've been also f- for the book looking at research about like weddings and mm-hmm. how uh, this woman was saying that like gay weddings have just allowed straight people to be like, oh, we don't have to do these traditions. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's like so funny. not doing any of the stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also like this, this whole thing of spending so much money mm-hmm. on one day. Mm-hmm is like completely bonkers but hear me out here's my theory uh we've only had marriage for like two years Mm -hmm. so uh, the straights stop Mm -hmm. they stop doing it they stop marrying they well they marry but Mm -hmm. they that's what the republicans were concerned about (laughs) we ruined it they they have small weddings yeah and then we get to have huge weddings. And I, I totally get that. And I think there's um, something a little more beautiful in that, which is that um, 
it is getting to do the thing that you were told all your life you couldn't do. Yeah. Right. So it's like when I see ostentatious, showy, like gold gilded gay weddings, I'm like, fuck yes. You know? <laughs> that's how I feel. If I see a straight wedding that's like fifty thousand yeah. dollars, I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. But if I see a gay wedding that's fifty thousand yeah. dollars, I'm like, yes, yeah. you earned it. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like um, I don't know. When you see a really rich person drive a fancy car, you're like, oh, fuck you, you know? And then when you see someone who's like, I worked all my life so I could have this car, I'm like, yes, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it's it's the the whole, um, like, there's, like, now this huge just gay wedding industry. Did you have any, did you, like, did you find, were people, like, I guess you didn't really have any, like, wedding stuff, but were people, like, more inclusive or something? Like more like somebody like that like these wedding planners go out of their way to be like and your spouse. Yeah, we we made sure. I always ask uh, like if people who I work with not work with creatively, but like mm-hmm. a hotel that kind of stuff. Like, are they cool with um, a queer couple? And um, I remember our wedding photographer, which was the biggest expense that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone was like, do it. You'll be happy that you have the fo- had the photos. Um, so I'm actually realizing it was over $1,000 because of the expense we agreed to pay for the wedding photographer. For the photographer, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I remember asking her because she had a, like pretty nice Instagram of all the pictures that she's taken and they were they were pretty nice and there was a biracial family and I was like that's wonderful and there was not a single queer family so on the phone with her I was like hey just to let you know I'm my husband my gay husband Uh, (laughs) uh, my husband to be we are gay gay male male um And she was like, oh, my God, no, I love um, queer people. <laughs> and, and, well, and you're like, whoa, that's so, a little too much. That's a little too you much. Too no, far. She, she said it. And so we did hire her, and she took amazing photos for us. Um, and there is no but here. Um, well, there is a but, um, but the one but Two my parents buts. share, yeah. Um, and really, we're going to start some crazy rumors online. Yeah. Dylan Marin's parents share a but, what? Um, and I think he's gay. Um, but I, um, I, uh, um, I, we, she was like, Oh, that was exciting. No, I loved it. Thank you for it. It felt like my theme music. Um, but I, my, um, focusing, I am. Um, I asked her, are you cool with that? And she was like, yes, I totally am. She came, she took beautiful photos. She seemed so comfortable with it. Um, and she was like, this is amazing. I can't wait to post this on Instagram. And she never posted it on Instagram. Oh. And I don't want to like, brag. I'm sorry. I have a following. I have a following. No, that's obnoxious if I said that. Um, but I, Why? I, no, no, no. That's, it's not. It's great. I should have said that. Um, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? <laughs> um, uh, but I, That's weird. Yeah, so she never posted it on Instagram. And I never asked her why. Um, but the photos turned out great. So it's not like she's she should be embarrassed or anything so then I had this weird feeling of like why did she never post it you know yeah because she hated you specifically it wasn't like gay or anything she loves gay people but I should have asked like do you hate me and she would have been like (laughs) yeah and then have her on my show yeah it's a brilliant model yeah 
Wow. wow. Um, so is your show on a network? Yes. Um, oh, it's so, on Night Vale, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conversations with People Who Hate Me as part of Night Vale Presents. Yes. And um, did you, when, when you got it, they, they pay you for the, um, for the voice stuff? For, for the voice stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, mostly for the live shows. That's, that's, that's like, their big moneymaker, yeah. I've heard. That's, that's how the pay model is like. Uh, also, uh, Carlos hasn't been on an episode in a, in a long time, but mm-hmm. they're always down to um, include me in, in whatever live shows I'm available for. So mm-hmm. that is... Nice of them. Yeah, yeah that's nice of them. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Please, yes. let me back. Yeah. Um, and and how did you were you, were they did they approach you to do your own show on their network? Yeah. Or? So Joseph and Jeffrey, um, I've known them for a long time, and they've been incredibly supportive of me outside of Night Vale too. Mm-hmm. Um, so for for a few years now, Joseph has been asking me to think about a podcast, and it's kind of always been um, whatever project that I was working on. He was like this think of turning this into a podcast, think of turning this into a podcast, and always kind of offering ideas. Um, and then it was uh, only after, like, doing very public video work for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Every Word series? Well, Every Single Word, uh, which, for anyone who doesn't know, which is okay, uh, is a <laughs> video... It's not okay. It's not okay, get out. Um, it's a video series that ever edits down popular films to only the words spoken by people of color. So that really took off. It's so rough. It's so rough. It's very short. You could watch all, like, I think 40 of the videos I made in a tight 15 minutes. Um, but, um, yeah, it's tough. My favorite is the ones where no, no one speaks. Yeah, yeah, Into the Woods. Um, we, we can get into it. Uh, someone once pressed me on that, saying, like, but is it realistic that there would be a person of color? And I was like, it's an enchanted forest, babe, and there's a witch. Um, so, yeah, there could be a person of color. I also, I watched, uh, oh, man, Harry Potter again. Yeah. Yeah. No, bring it up. Uh, I watched the Harry Potter one, and I had to Google if the, the um, centaur... I was like, yeah. does that count? Yeah. It so does. I had a hard time but counting like, it because, mm. but because it was motion graphics. Yeah. Um, that's like, why I it, counted is it. Is it included? Yeah. yeah. But I did the whole Harry Potter series and the entire Harry Potter movie series is just north of seven minutes. Um, it's just Lee Jordan recapping Quidditch. That's most of it. <laughs> that is most of it. Um, but the game that you can play is like, if I watch this, what can I say that is accurate about the plot? And if you watch the Harry Potter thing, it's like nothing. It's all know? about sports. Yeah, it's all about sports. Wow, this Harry Potter kid sure is good at sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people of color in, in films usually live to serve the white people. Right. Um, and that's what it highlighted, too. Yeah. So, um, but, so every single word, and then I did uh, an unboxing series where you guys know those popular unboxing videos that people unbox like Xboxes mm-hmm. and uh, iPhones. Um, so I unboxed like intangible ideologies like Islamophobia and the mistreatment of Native Americans. Um, thank you. Um, and so that really took off um, and that really went But you don't through. get paid for that stuff initially. No, I, w- I was paid um, because I was working in a, for a channel when oh. I created that. But I was getting... A, 
an influx of messages, right? Yeah. Like as my audience was growing and as people were like, we love this, there were some, a huge chorus of people who were like, we hate this. Um, and specifically, we hate you and let me pick apart your appearance <laughs> um, and your personal life. I don't know anything life. about that. Um, yeah, yeah I, I know. As a lady, as never a, happened to no, me. No, it doesn't happen to women. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I, I alone have that burden. Um, <laughs> but um, I am... So basically, I felt like... Immediately, I was just like just blocking everyone, right? It's like a lot to handle. And just to be super clear, this show, uh, Conversations with People Who Hate Me, is not a prescription uh, that this is what everyone must do. This yeah. is what I had the energy to do, and I wanted to turn it into a podcast. So then I went to them, you know, and I, I, I was going to pitch it to many places. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, Joseph was, was very kind and, and has always been supporting me and, and Jeffrey, too. So I, I grew up with them, you know. I, do you have a producer on the show? No, I produce it myself. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Because well, then it's, you don't pay anyone. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of people to be paid for it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we have an audio producer who, like, makes it sound good once right. it's recorded. And he also um, operates, you know, the, the physical recording. He's incredible. Um, we had an amazing publicist. Uh, uh, her name is Christine Regassa because she deserves uh, mm-hmm. the attention for her amazing work. Um, and so other than that, and, and I wanted to film early calls just in case this was also going to be a video podcast. It turned out that was like a huge like Undertaking. money suck. Yeah. Um, so, um, so no, I, I mean, it's a heavy lift to produce it alone. Because How that, much does it cost to do the show? Um, I think, what was our budget? It was like, this is including everyone who was paid, uh, I think it was $18,000. Per episode? Or? No, no, God. <laughs> oh, my God, Get those no. Netflix budgets. <laughs> yeah, no. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, net, imagine a Netflix budget that's like $18,000. $18, Usually like, their shows are like what, a million yeah. an episode or I think $18,000 is like an hour of filming Stranger Things. <laughs> that's like the crew setting up the, for one shot that won't be used. The Demogorgon's just a puppet, like yeah, a yeah, fraggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, gotta save so, money. Yeah, you gotta save money money so um you know but then that's recouped by ads and then i'm um i'm paid a portion of of the ads um so it's you know it's it's not i always have to be finding other work to Mm -hmm. supplement that yeah what kind of stuff do you like what's the breakdown um so i do a lot of speaking on college campuses um, and like uh, organizations that will have me, um, I I wrote on Francesca Ramsey's oh, uh, nice. Comedy Central pilot. Great, and, yeah, and I was I was in that. So again, that's just a pilot. That doesn't mean it's necessarily going to air. We would love it to go to air. Knock on all the wood. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that is that is a paid TV job. Yeah, it's like little paychecks. That's what I get too. Yeah, so right. Small paychecks and then residuals for and then stuff. For that the, is two cents. <laughs> for the bigger paychecks, you really have to like make that count, right? Like you have Make it to, last because you don't know when the next thing is right. coming. Because you, sometimes you look at a check coming and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I, I've never been paid this much. And then you realize like, actually this was your pay for uh, four months of work, mm-hmm. <laughs> like trying to get this job. And then you might not get a job like this again. So like, 
fight the impulse to go to a really fancy dinner, you yeah. know, and be like, this is actually rent for three months. <laughs> um, you have to think of it that way because yeah. you have no, like, no idea. Or, yeah. like, you're like, oh, this will... I thought you were going to say this paid for... Like 28 years of mistakes in my case. Yeah. I was like, time to pay back all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Oh, right. yeah. Um, no, it, it, it just in the, in the short future. That's, that's how I plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it's tough to, real, to figure out when I get money, like what... Like, okay, how much goes to student loans? How mm-hmm. much goes... Because in my mind... So I have like $25,000 in student loans right now still... Don't cheer for that. You're like, me too. 25K, baby. But 25 sitting on 25K. Drake, it's the sad Drake. (laughs) Um, Because he has that lyric, 25 sitting on 25 mil. I don't don't know if you guys knew that. Um, Anyway, so yeah. So, like, I have this thing where I'm like, oh, oh my God, I have $25,000. And then I had to think about it. And I had, like, a car loan and some old medical debt and stuff. And I was like... Oh, I have zero dollars. Like negative, like mm-hmm. it goes into, it's just negative dollars. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, I have, do I actually have that money? Or do mm-hmm. I, is this just like getting split up to all these things mm-hmm. that I built up over, let's say, six years of problems? Mm. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then you, and then it's like kind of a mind fuck because you're like doing the math and you're like, zero. I have yeah. zero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you do have to, um, like make stuff, especially in New York. New York is so difficult. It's hard. I mean, it's like hard. you're choosing to suffer, kind of. Yeah. This. I also just this year I uh, moved out of having roommates for the first time in my life. That's um, why you got married. Uh, <laughs> I was like, like, someone take me in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take me in. Uh, uh, my husband, who's a law student in student debt. So, yes, that's, <laughs> that, that was my smart financial plan. To be like, ooh, debt girl, yes. Yeah. Um, um, Banking but, on him becoming just the most successful lawyer. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> what he, kind of law does he study? You're like maritime law. Uh, yeah, yeah, maritime Fair law. A lot of money in yeah, that. Um, fully pro bono. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Um, <laughs> Public defender. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, they do great work. I mean, the, if we want to talk, I, I mean, I don't uh, want to speak for all law students, but one of the very complicated things is that it is my husband. I would love to go into pro bono law if that's something like that we, morally. Morally, yeah. right? Pro bono law for anyone who doesn't know is is law that oftentimes you're not getting paid, or you're getting paid from your firm to do to do it, or you're just offering your legal expertise for people who just can't afford a lawyer. I think he would love to do that, but structurally, there is no way that he can't not go in to a more corporate law firm after law school with the amount of debt that he's in. And, and I think a lot of law students are in that place, right? Where you're like, I would love to do this. I, 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 I don't know how I would pay rent if I did it. And you're also getting um, you know, um, calls from, from your, your loan agencies. officers. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that about psychology students too, mm-hmm. where they would love to work with marginalized communities or whatever, but then they come out of like psychology or psychiatry school and they're yeah. like, oh, I gotta yeah. take care of this real fast. Yeah. Well, I was, a bummer. I, I was thinking when we were talking before is like, I also try and like keep 
relatively aware of how I fit into the scope of the world with my finances. So like if I find myself, like we were talking about those big paychecks, you know, it's like, how can I share this money too, Me too, yeah. Right? What like, are the charities yeah. and what are the... You can write them off. Yeah, well, well, charities... But you know you can't write off GoFundMes? I just found that out. Really? You can't... GoFundMes count as personal gifts, not charity. Huh. Isn't that fucked up? Yeah, that is fucked up. Wow. Thank Take you for... That. Take that home. <laughs> yeah. Still donate to them, yeah. guys. Donate. Um, well, it's it's not just charities. Um, I, I was just able to do something for the first time and only because at that moment I had the financial ability to, uh, but a very, very good um, and dear friend of mine was in a very tough spot about to be kicked out of their house, and I was able to front them rent for a month. And that's <sighs> like... But but I'm I'm sharing that with you only because I had to be in my mind of like it's... it's um. The term like I'm poor, I feel is so overused and a lot of times misused by people who actually don't know what real poverty is. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I have, uh, I'm guilty of that being true for me. Um, in yeah, the past. like colloquially. Colloquially, I'm so like poor I'm right so poor. And it's like that's not what poverty is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> poverty is like not that you can't go to a fancy restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I try and stay like, um, that was important to me, right? Like, that's, I almost feel like what money is kind of for. Like, if you have it and you are in a place where you can share it with someone and you're able to get out of this idea that you are quote unquote poor, mm-hmm. um, that there are, are people sometimes directly in your community, not just like, um, uh, random but like hypothetical your people who yeah. you are donating to, um, but, a, but, but a friend who needs this, um, Someone who I'm connected to on Twitter, who I just think is wonderful, Ashley Ford. Oh, um, yes. She oh. tweeted this amazing... Yeah, she was she, a guest yes. on this show. Now Gabby's bragging. Yeah, um, so... But she tweeted cool. this idea out, which was incredible, which was a great idea to do today. I think this was last year. A great idea to do is to call your local schools and see which students' school lunches, school lunch accounts aren't paid off and pay them off. And that's just like that is something that is affordable, right? Like, that doesn't... That's not like, well, here's $500. Name a library after me. Exactly. It's just like, you know, uh, what if some some student is, like, 50 bucks in debt and you're like, I have 50 bucks, you know? Um, That's a a cool way to do it. Yeah. Um, We... I love that that Ashley Ford uh, suggestion. Um, So we we have to wrap up, but I... But so, like, what kind of advice or what's something that you learned like my big thing was like take your head out of the sand and open your mail Mm. so like what kind of do you know you can't just throw mail away pretty crazy (sighs) you throw it away they still find you um some advice um I think it is incredibly important to look at your bank account and look at it frequently, even in, yes, even in those times when, like, the more nervous I am about the lower number, the less I check it. But I need to face the music. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think something, if I may share... Um, that has been, you're like, maybe. You're the guest. Okay, I'll share. Um, (laughs) Something that has been hard for me, like uh, earlier in the episode, I said for the first time out loud that, um, you know, my parents paid for college and I'm not in student debt. And I find that um, 
as a person of color, it has been particularly complicated to wrestle with my financial privilege because uh, um, race and class are so inextricably linked. Mm -hmm in our country and kind of identifying where I fit in the system of oppression when I am a person of color, but I'm a person of color whose parents, you know, had their own privileges to be able to go to college um, and, and, and get jobs that allowed their son to go to college. I'm an only child, so I wasn't splitting that with anyone else. That's why you're weird. Yeah, that's why I'm weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, Quote me. I, I think, um, I, I also think confronting um, how you fit into the, I'll speak only for myself, confronting how I fit into the bigger system of economic inequality has been an incredibly tough journey mm -hmm. uh, because I live in a neighborhood in Brooklyn where I could be seen as a gentrifier, yeah. but at the same time I'm a person of color, so I'm like, but does that make me a gentrifier because I'm not a white gentrifier and what does it mean to be a gentrifier of color? Yeah. Um, so in the same vein that I say look at your bank account when you are most nervous is also kind of grapple with those incredibly uncomfortable, toughest shit questions when they are the hardest to think about. And I will try and take that advice for myself <laughs> <laughs> because it looks like I am sitting up here like professing these edicts yeah. uh, when the truth is I'm just trying to pretend to be the person that I want to be about money. Mansplaining <laughs> so, yeah. up here. Yeah, here we go. Um, yeah, definitely. And it's like so much intersectionality. We did an episode of the show in the beginning that was with Carrie Wade, who's a disability activist. Mm -hmm. And it was like about the intersection of money and disability and how she's like a white woman, but she has cerebral palsy and she mm -hmm. like can't make more than $2,000 a month. Otherwise mm -hmm. she doesn't get benefits, which is crazy mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and like so um, hard to hear. So there's like this weird. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Do you feel like a gentrifier? Sometimes. Sometimes. When? Arti at artisanal cheese shops? Yeah, every morning I go to an artisanal cheese shop <laughs> and I'm like, that, that, that. <laughs> um, and, and I just stash gentrification. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I just like, uh, I will pay whatever a real estate agent is like, this is what this apartment is for. And I understand and have a very uncomfortable time realizing that like by me paying this incredibly high rent that some months are less affordable than others mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for me, um, that I am contributing to a system of displacement. I know. Um, I'm glad you honestly answered me fucking with you by asking if you're a gentrifier. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a really tough question and maybe I'm going to leave and cry and be ashamed that I <laughs> shared that honestly, but that's, I think that's my fear. No, the whole show is about like honesty and, yeah. and guilt. And, uh, and thanks for being here for this lighthearted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for listening, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that bonus episode. And I hope you're geared up for April 11th when the show is back. Season three, baby. There's going to be so many amazing episodes for you guys. And also, I hope that by then, or maybe a little bit after that, the link will be ready for the Bad With Money book. So, oh my God, we're just giving you so much stuff right now. Can you even believe it? It's Christmas. It's Christmas right now for you guys. Okay. Okay, see you April 11th. Bye! Bye!